Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Cast your vote for the show on Podcast Alley, uh, podcastalley.greatdetectives.net. And follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Before we get started with today's episode... I do want to remind you to be sure and check out the entertainment book. A lot of great savings for local merchants on services that uh, you'll need and use, such as dry cleaning, restaurants, and even more. It's a great opportunity. I encourage folks to go to entertainment.greatdetectives.net and check out the entertainment book in your area. All right, now we turn to the Thin Man as an actual radio series. Now, the Lux Adventures, of course, starred the original actors. However... Uh, for the radio, could not get uh, William Powell and Myrna Loy. I doubt they, it was seriously considered as an option, as they would have been uh, incredibly expensive uh, for radio. But The Thin Man was actually a, a fairly long-running series, with an estimated 351 episodes uh, that were aired between 1941 and 1950. It began on uh, NBC for 41 to 42, went to CBS for 43 to uh, 44, uh, and then back to NBC for a summer run in 1944, and then back to CBS from 44 to 47. Uh, and then NBC uh, did a summer run uh, in 1948, and then it went to Mutual in 48 and 49, and then in 1950 to ABC. Uh, through all of these uh Various versions, Claudia Morgan starred as Nora Charles. However, there were a wide variety of different actors playing uh, Nick Charles. The role began out with uh, Les Damon uh, playing the role. And then when he got drafted, uh, the, the role went to David Gothard, later to Les Tremaine, and then Les Damon came back towards the end of the CBS run. And then Les Tremaine came back. And then uh, during the ABC run, Joseph Curtin of Mr. and Mrs. North uh, played uh, Nick Charles. Oh, so if you go to our website, we usually put the star on there. Uh, on Mondays, it's actually Claudia Morgan's face who will be there because she's the one who was actually there the whole series. Uh, we have precious few episodes. Of the 351 episodes of the Thin Man uh, radio show, we have a total of eight one from 1942, one from 1943, three from 1944, one from 1945, and two from 1948. This episode will be the only 1942 episode. Uh, like the majority of the uh, Thin Man adventures that are in circulation, this one was a special done for Armed Forces Frontline Theater. Uh, the exact date is not known, however... Uh, it has been deduced that this was done sometime in 1942. So with that, let's get into the strange case of Professor Wanger. It's the Frontline Theater. Today bringing you a real thriller. The strange case of Professor Wanger. And as our extra special guest of honor, Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra. <laughs> the 
This is Ken Niles to welcome you once again to the Frontline Theater. Brought to you men in the armed forces of the United Nations by the Special Service Division of the War Department. This is your theater, and every performance in it is presented especially for you, the men fighting with the United Nations on freedom's front lines. Our play is an exciting story, The Strange Case of Professor Wanger. And because it's curtain time in the Frontline Theater and the play's the thing, let's get on with the show. Over New York, night has fallen. And in the apartment of Nick and Nora Charles, Irwin Harris, a friend, discusses his new job. Like I say, Nick, you ain't got a steady job bodyguarding Professor Wingy. So you think everything will be perfect. Well, isn't it? Positively not. Irwin, nothing's happened to the Professor. How could it when all the time he locks himself in a house and he never goes out? Well, that should make your job a lot easier. Sure, but then I'm taking money for nothing, which ain't ethical. So, I think I'll quit. Oh, and do what? Well, what's wrong with the stage? Nothing, and let's try to keep it that way. Did you ever hear me recite? Erwin, I warn you, you'll be putting a severe strain on our friendship. Once upon a midnight dreary, as I pondered weak and weary over many a volume of forgotten war, suddenly there came a rapping. Hmm, sound effect. That was a me. Uh, come in. Oh, excuse me, Erwin. I better see who that oh, is. Oh, let me go, dear. I don't mind a bit. Just a second, I'm coming. Yes? Oh, I beg your pardon. I didn't mean to disturb you. Just one more tack and I'll be through. Say, uh, what are you nailing there? Isn't that a funeral wreath? Yes, indeed. One of Hekemeyer and Brothers' loveliest creations. Oh. A luscious spray of calla lilies surrounded by the purity and innocence of white chameleons. Excuse me, Mr. Jerk. I... Yes, uh, 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 hey, hey, A very common error. Oh, yes. Well, I think you're making a mistake. Madam, the fame of Hakemeyer and brothers are not given to mistakes. Well, there's no one dead here. At least I haven't seen a corpse in days. Is this apartment 5B? Mm-hmm. Are you Mrs. Charles? Why, yes. There's no mistake. The reach is for Nicholas Charles. What was that name again? Nicholas Charles. Nick. Nicky! Yes, sir? Oh, thank heaven. Mommy, baby? Uh-huh. Darling, this is Mr. Herkemeyer. Oh, how do you do? How do you do, sir? Believe me, my heart goes out to you in your hour of grief. So what's the matter with him? He thinks you're dead. Oh. oh, what? Uh-huh. And he's got a wreath to prove it. See? <laughs> Look, my little man, you're a trifle premature. I'm afraid you'll have to take that thing back with you. Oh, I couldn't possibly. What would the customer say? Well, I don't know. Who is he? Oh, a noble soul. He paid cash. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, he neglected to leave one. No, uh, no, Mr. Charles. The wreath will have to stay. I'm sorry, pal. I can't use it. Well, what'll I do? And couldn't you put it back in stock? Madam, are you suggesting that I tamper with the records of Herkemeyer and brother? Why, it will be sacrilegious. Well, that's your problem, but get this thing out of here. Mrs. Charles, I ask you to bear witness. I am not doing this of my own volition. Uh-huh. boy. If, if you should change your mind, sir... Yes, I'll let you know. Uh, you, you wouldn't reconsider it now. No. No, nothing personal, you understand, but 
I hope I never see you again. You will, Mr. Charles. Mark my words, you will. Good night. <laughs> you ever see anything like him, darling? Mickey, why should anyone send you a wreath? Oh, I don't know. It was just a gag. Well, it wasn't very funny. What's the matter? Something wrong? Someone just sent Mickey a wreath. Oh, uh, excuse me. Hmm. Hello? Hello, Mr. Charles. Yes? Uh, a short while ago, a funeral wreath was delivered to your door. Oh, yes. yes. Well, if you're one of the Herkimers, I explained to your brother. It's all a mistake. It was no mistake, Mr. Charles. I sent it. You sent it? All right, pal, what do you want? Uh, listen, unless I've been misinformed, a young couple will be up to see you shortly. They'll have a request to make of you. Take my advice, Mr. Charles, turn them down. Otherwise... Otherwise what? You'll find you were much too hasty in returning that wreath. one of the strange case of Professor Wanger. And now, during intermission, let's hear from today's special guest, Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra. We're certainly glad you accepted our invitation, Tommy, and we're turning the spotlight on you while you play one of those swell arrangements that have made you famous. The stage is yours, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy Dorsey. That was a swell tune. The men overseas will dust off the welcome mat for you anytime you and your boys want to play a return engagement. And now for Act Two of The Strange Case of Professor Wanger. Two hours passed since Nick received the menacing phone call which explained the delivery of that wreath. Oh, no, there's nothing to worry about. Just a practical joke. Here, I'll prove it to you. Mm. Our anonymous friend warned me that a young couple would be here tonight, hmm? All right, it's almost 11. You see any sign of them? What were you saying, dear? Never mind. That's what I thought. 
Good evening. Hello. Won't you come in? Oh, I, yes. Mm. Oh, uh, please sit down. Oh, thanks. Uh-huh. Say, isn't this a little uh, unusual, or are you this hospitable to everyone who rings your bell? It's uh, a southern blood. Uh-huh. I don't mind my husband. The truth of the matter is, we were expecting you. You were? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, Nikki, this is... Uh... Uh, I'm Sylvia, and this is my brother, Jim. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? Now, I don't believe I caught the last name. It's Wanger. Wanger? Any relation to the famous scientist? Yes, he's our uncle. As a matter of fact, that's why we're here. I understand that his bodyguard, Irwin Harris, is a very good friend of yours. Yes? Well, ever since Uncle escaped from Czechoslovakia, we've been trying to get in touch with him. And so far, all we've gotten is a brush-off. Well, don't blame Irwin for that. He has his orders. Dr. Wanger doesn't want to see anyone. But that's ridiculous. Is it? Well, yes. You see, we, we, we know that Uncle lives under the constant fear that the Gestapo is after him. Surely that's no reason to refuse to see his only living relative. So you want me to arrange a meeting for you? Oh, you only would, Mr. Charles. I'm sure if Uncle would talk to me, I could convince him he has nothing to fear. When did you see your Uncle last? Well, we we never really saw him. You see, before my father came to this country, he quarreled with his brother. But now that Papa's dead, we decided we'd do bury the hatchet. Yes, that's, that's right. I don't suppose the fact that Dr. Wanger has a fortune in patent royalties in this country had anything to do with your decision? Now, look, Mr. Charles, not even you can say that and get away with it. Now, don't pay any attention to him, Mr. Wanger. He's awfully suspicious by nature. But he's got a nicer side, too. You'll find it out after he helps you. Darling, aren't you being unduly optimistic? You mean you won't? Uh-huh. If Dr. Wanger wants to see them, that's for him to decide. Nicky, would you change your mind if I asked you to? I'm sorry, dear. But beginning this week, I'm making it a practice not to interfere in things that don't concern me. Well, I never thought I'd have to admit my husband could be frightened by a phone call. Now, baby, you know that's not true. Well, then prove it. Introduce them to Dr. Wanger. Oh, conniving woman. Are you really so set on this thing? Yes, I am. Now, bless your little heart. Then I think you'll have to do the honors. Hello, Irwin. Oh, it's your nose. Uh-huh. Open up the door. Well, okay. Thank you. Say, say, wait a minute. Who are these people? Oh, some friends of mine. I knew you wouldn't mind. No, no, none of that. Now, you all here to scram. No, I'm surprised at you. You know the professor gave me strict orders. All right, Irwin. I'm sure Dr. Wanger would be very happy to meet this couple. Now, be a sweet boy and get him. I'm sorry, but the prof positively can't be disturbed. He's uh, retired for the evening. Irwin, I think you're fibbing. Now, won't you get him for me? Please. No. Pretty please. With sugar on it. Oh, cut it out, Maury. Hmm. You know I can't never refuse you nothing. Isn't he a darling? You won't be long, will you? Sit down. Mm-hmm. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Mrs. Charles, you're wonderful. Uh, I did manage that rather well, didn't I? Who said we needed Nick? I think you'd better let me do all the talking. Oh, well, of course. I never get a chance to when Nick's around... You know, sometimes... Mrs. Mrs. Charles? Oh, there you are, Professor. How are you? Just fine, fine. Thanks for the asking. Mrs. Charles, you know, I make it a rule 
Never to see anyone. Well, I thought you wouldn't mind making an exception in this case. Professor, I'd like you to meet your nephew, Jean. My, my nephew? Mm -hmm. And this is your niece, Sylvia. Hello, Uncle. Uh, I never heard of you before. Wish you'd tell me who you are. Do your brother Rudolph killed him. Rudolph's children? Yes. I realize that doesn't prove anything, but I have papers... Uh, please, that... please, there, there's no point you're showing those to me. Papers mean nothing. They could be for... Sure, it's easy. I once knew a guy who was so slick with a pen... Erwin. Oh, sorry. Uh, Professor, you can't turn them away like this. You can see with half an eye they're not imposters. How can you accuse them of being after your money? Oh, you, you do not understand... Money means nothing to me, Mrs. Charles. I, I am a man of simple wants. I just ask to be left alone. Oh, please, Uncle, you've got to let us stay. There's no other place we can go. We won't be in your way. What do you say, Professor? You've got to trust someone. Won't you let them stay? Oh, you, you make it uh, very hard for me to say no. Oh. Uncle, darling. It's, it's all right, my oh, dear. Professor, I'm sure you'll never regret it. Yeah, I hope so, Mrs. Charles. I sincerely hope so. Well, darling, I trust you're satisfied with yourself. Now that you've mentioned it, I am. Brings back memories of your Girl Scout days, doesn't it? Mm, who could that be at this hour? Darling, there's a well-tested way to find out. Come in. Erwin. Yes, yeah, me. Nick, I gotta talk to you. Okay, sit down. Uh, you know what Nora went and done? Yes, I heard all about it. Well, you should never have done that, Nora. Well, why did you want to palm off a couple of phonies on a swell guy like the professor? They're not phonies. Erwin, you shouldn't say that. You've only known them for an hour. But that hour. You stay brother and sister, I'll eat your hat. What do you mean? Look, me. I come from a big family, and we was as affectionate as the next. But you ought to see the way that Jean kissed Sylvia goodnight. That ain't the way we used to do it. Hmm. Could it have been an act to impress the professor? Uh-uh. If you ask me, I'd say they was... Oh, well. Well, it's sure a peculiar time for them to pop up. Why? Look, this is strictly subversion. But the professor's working on a submarine detector for the government. Now, I ask you, ain't it funny they should train up the night before he's supposed to run a big test for the big shots? It, well, it, it might be a, a coincidence. See? Even you're not so sure. Look, Nick, I should like very much for you to show up tomorrow night. Just to see there's no hanky-panky. Well, I'll uh, have to think it over. Yeah, yeah, do that. But uh, whatever you decide, I ain't taking no for an answer. Some time out, ain't it, Nick? Yes. What time does this experiment start? Oh, uh, any minute now. Uh, everybody's here who counts. Oh, there's Sylvia. Hello, Mr. Charles. Can I get you anything? Oh, no, thanks. Okay. Where's your brother? I don't believe I've seen him tonight. Hmm? Why, uh, uh, he's around somewhere, I guess. Hey, come to think of it, I saw him go on about a half hour ago. Yes, that's right. I think Uncle sent him out for something. That's funny. Well, if he ain't back soon, he's going to miss the show. 
Hey, there, the professor's almost ready to start uh, now. The gentlemen and and uh, ladies, you are, you are all here tonight to see a demonstration of a submarine detector your government has asked me to work on. If my assistant will help me, we will proceed. Jean? Oh, he, uh, he isn't here, Uncle. He isn't? Well, no, no matter. Erwin, will, will you lend a hand here, please? Oh, gladly. What do you want me to do, Professor? I pull down this switch marked A. Yes, that is the one right there. Now? Yes, please. Right. Now, gentlemen, you, you will notice how the needle fluctuates on this meter here. In just a moment, I will explain the purpose of that. Erwin... You throw in the next switch. You better... Oh! Hey, what's the light? They've gone out. Erwin, Erwin, where are you? Come and try those lights. Erwin, Erwin! Don't move, Nora. Don't anybody move. Who's got a man? Here you are, sir. Oh, oh. Steady, darling. It can't be. Erwin, isn't... Yes, I'm afraid so, baby. Erwin has been electrocuted. <laughs> Nick. My job is to get a confession. If you and Nora talk out of turn, I'll spin you out of here so fast you'll feel like a yo-yo. We'll behave, Sergeant. All right, Smitty. Open them up. Hello, Sylvia. No, no, I didn't do it. I didn't kill Irwin. Listen, Miss Ranger, whatever your name is, none of this phony sob stuff is going to get you any place. It's too bad your little plan didn't go off like you expected. What do you mean? You were after the professor, weren't you? I tell you, we didn't mean to kill anyone. Just meant to frighten them a little, huh? Where's your accomplice? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Nick, you believe me, don't you? Tell me something, Sylvia. You claim that you and Jean were sister and brother. We, we are. You're lying. His name isn't even Wanger. Well, mine is. Then you're not related. Yes, we are. We're married. Yeah? Sylvia, do you know where Jean is? No. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. But don't you see, dear? If you don't, we can't help you. I don't want your help. Gina, get me out. I just wish you'd try. Okay. Think it over, Tut. When you do, I'll bet you'll come to the same conclusion I did. That swell husband of yours left you holding the bag. thinking about? About Owen. He was a pretty swell guy. Uh-huh. You think Sylvia and Jean did it? Don't you? It's all my fault. I never should have taken them up to the profession in the first place. Well, I don't know, baby. Maybe it would have happened anyway. Well, how could it? Well, you're forgetting one thing, dear. That funeral wreath. Who sent it to me? I did forget. Me. Do you think the man who sent it will make another attempt in the professor's life? Oh, oh, not so fast, sweetheart. Now you're assuming that Jean and Sylvia aren't guilty. Darling, don't ask me why, but I'm positive they're not. 
I'll bet you anything you want that the man who threatened you on the phone is our murderer. There's only one fly in the ointment. How are we going to find out who he is? Hmm. How about your friend Herkemeyer? The florist? Uh-huh. Oh, he wouldn't know. Remember you asked him. Yes, but maybe if he were prodded, he might come up with a description. What do you say, Nora? You willing to try it? Well, in a case like this, no sacrifice is too great. Step on it, darling. You better wait in the car, Nikki. I think I'll do better by myself. Go ahead, beautiful. But don't let him swindle you into taking that wreath back. Oh, don't worry. I'll try to make this quickly as possible, darling. All right. Uh, yes, madam, is there something I can show you? Hello, Herky. Remember me? I beg your pardon. You delivered a wreath to my apartment last night. Oh, of, of course. <laughs> and you made me take it back. Uh-huh. It was a mistake. Oh, I know it. I know it. You, you, you knew what? He had a relapse. He died. No, Mr. Herkemeyer. He didn't die. He didn't? No. See? He's waiting outside in the car. You mean you haven't come for the wreath? No, I, I'm sorry. Oh, Mrs. Charles, you simply must take it. Well, you don't know how it's upset this entire organization. Why, my brothers and I... Look, I couldn't you give it to the man who, who bought it? Well, I, I don't know his name. Was he ever in here before? No. Could you describe him for me? Um... I'm not very good at games. Well, suppose I prompted you. Wouldn't that help? It might. Well, was he tall or short? Uh, short, I think. Oh, now, we're getting somewhere. Did he have any distinguishing marks? Distinguishing marks? Mm-hmm. I mean, did he, he, he live for anything? Oh, now that you mention it, I believe he did. Did what? Uh, limp. Are you sure... Uh, almost. Well, um, what about the color of his hair? It wasn't red by any chance. Yes, I think you're right. And of course he had a cauliflower ear to match. Uh, let me think, uh, cauliflower ear. And this is Charles, oh. where are you going? Well, but, Herky, you, you're an awful disappointment. Oh, am I? Oh, Mrs. Charles, you're racist. You're forgetting it. Oh, Mrs. Charles, please. <laughs> Darling, it looks as though we're stymied unless you come up with something brilliant. Well, that's the past, beautiful. All I can suggest is that you phone Sergeant Reynolds and have him post a guard around the professor's apartment. Oh, I'll take it. Hello. Hello, Nick. Yes, who's this? It's Gene. Gene, where are you? Never mind, and don't try to trace this call or I'll hang right up. Do you know they've locked up Sylvia? Yes, that's why I phoned. You've got to get her out. That's impossible. Now, look, Gene, why don't you come up here and talk to me? I'd like to help you. You expect me to swallow that, John? I mean it. Well, uh, all right. But don't try any funny stuff. If you tip off the cops, you won't live to regret it. You hear me? Yes, I hear you. When will it be over? Give me a half an hour. Okay. Well, darling, 
He's coming over. That proves he didn't kill Irwin. Does it? Well, certainly. Otherwise, he'd never put in an appearance. Maybe. Look, honey, will you get Sergeant Reynolds on the wire? Nicky, you, you wouldn't do a thing like that. I certainly would. You remember you said if we found the man who threatened me on the phone, we'd have our murderer? I still say it. Well, in that case, the man hunts over. I just heard that same voice again. Nick. Yes, baby. It was Jean. What time you got, Nick? Relax, Sergeant. Relax. You'll be here. I just hope your boys downstairs don't frighten him away. Uh, I'm very tired, gentlemen. This is necessary that I remain. I'm afraid so, Professor. And that goes for you, too, Sylvia. Quiet. Come in. No, Dean, don't. It's a trap. What the... Come in, fellas. Get those hands up. All the way. No, will you close the door? Dean, I tried to warn you. It's all right, honey. I guess I've got Mr. Charles to thank for this. Uh Uh-huh. You dirty double-crosser. You never should have threatened me, Gene. That happens to be a pet aversion of mine. What are you talking about? The night you first came up here... You sent me a funeral wreath. I can explain that. Yes, so can I. Now, you wanted me to introduce you to the professor. You knew I wouldn't. So you applied simple psychology. You sent me the wreath and ordered me not to. And you figured I'd do just the opposite. The only trouble was I refused to bite. But I did. Yes, darling. You stuck your beautiful neck way out. You did exactly what they hoped for when you took them up to their uncle. Ah, I am not their uncle. I'm sorry, Professor. That's quite true. You're crazy, Charles. You deny you sent the wreath? No, but I do deny killing Irwin. Now, wait a minute, pal. I never accused you of that. You never... What are you talking about, Nick? That's what I said. Johnny, I don't understand. Uh, but you do, don't you, Professor? These kids aren't related to you. No, no of course not. They, they are imposters. Well, that doesn't necessarily follow. The shoe could be on the other foot. Couldn't it? Come on, Nick. Don't be coy. What are you getting at? The professor's the imposter. He killed Irwin. What? Uncle, you didn't. Uh, all right, everybody. Stay as you are. Better put away the gun, Professor. It's out of character. Get down, Nick. Oh, oh. Professor. Professor. You're wasting your time, Nick. I never miss. Sylvia's uncle, the real Professor Wanger, died in Czechoslovakia, and our phony friend was an opportunist who assumed his name and finances. See, it never occurred to us that he could have been the bogus article as well as Sylvia. But well, why did he kill Irwin? Well, he had to. He was on the spot. The government wanted him to work on a submarine detector, but not having the real professor's ability, he couldn't deliver. But if his life were in danger, he'd have a valid reason to stop working. Yes, exactly. Oh... But what put you on the right track, darling? Well, we were overlooking one thing. The actual result in the case was Irwin's death. And if you assumed that was what was really intended, you got yourself a brand new suspect with a brand new motive. Mm, I see. But, darling, there's one person I'm sorry for. Who's that? Turkey, the florist. No. Think of it. For the rest of his life, he'll be stuck with that wreath. 
Laura. Hmm? You hear what I hear? Uh-huh. It sounds like... Someone's nailing something on the door. It's Hercules. Undoubtedly. Well, darling, here we go again. Well, men, that solves the case and brings down the curtain on today's Frontline Theater play. But there are more plays coming, and your favorite stars will be in them. So keep on listening, won't you? Thanks to the makers of Woodbury Soap for their cooperation. Frontline Theater is presented for you men in the armed forces of the United Nations by the Special Service Division of the War Department of the United States of America. mystery here, and uh, Claudia Morgan, uh, kind of getting uh, introduced to her as uh, Nora Charles, and her modus, modus operandi to use her uh, wiles and overall personality to get information. It, it's a pretty good uh, portrayal of Nora Charles, and a nice uh, spin on the character. Uh, by the way, United Nations, uh, when you hear that referred to during World War II era code, uh, it uh, shows it's not referring to the organization we now call the uh, United Nations. This was more a term of art for the Allies. Uh, United Nations was not actually formed until 1945. Listener comments. Uh, we do have one from uh, Robert who uh, commented when we uh, did the Thin Man, the Thin Man movies are some of my all-time favorites. Never knew they did uh, any radio shows. Look, looking forward to listening. Well, Robert, I hope you are enjoying the program. And we'll be back with another Thin Man next week. Tomorrow, it's uh, your choice, Nero Wolf. And then next Monday, another episode of The Thin Man. Send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. You can become one of our friends over on Facebook, facebook facebook.GreatDetectives.net. And if you'd like to see us nominated in the Arts and Culture category uh, in the Podcast Awards, go to PodcastAwards.com. Uh, but from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.